Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Welcome to The Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. I am your host and presenter for this show, and thank you for tuning in once again. And if this is your first time, welcome to this weekly podcast where we explore all the different aspects of the gifts of nature, whether that be crystals, whether that be essential oils, whether that be animal wisdom, or looking at the influence of the stars and the planets above us and how that rains down on Earth. And we can call back to these gifts of nature to work with them as well. That is what we explore in this podcast. Today, what I wanted to explore is I wanted to explore a twofold kind of topic. First of all, I wanted to do, kind of dive into different goddesses from different pantheons around the world. Now, one thing I've been getting into recently, and if you haven't downloaded it, it's great. If you love listening to podcasts and ebooks and different things like that, I've been listening to Mythos, as read by Stephen Fry. Now, this is absolutely amazing. It goes for hours on end, and it goes for a whole different journey. And it's basically exploring the Greek myth from beginning and then fleshing it out all the way through. And I've always, since probably for the last 20 years, had a real interest in different pantheons of uh, deities. And, you know, I've been drawn to the Greek, I've been drawn to the Celtic, to the Egyptian, uh, to some of the Hindu, a whole range. It kind of jumps all over the place. And I think what I really appreciate about having a pantheon where you have a whole range of different gods and goddesses is it makes them more relatable. And we can see different aspects of different deities, different goddesses and gods in ourselves. And some you may really resonate with and go, yes, that's me. And some not so much. The other thing I love about these, you know, these older kind of gods and goddesses is they're fallible. They made mistakes, they made errors, but they still had their divine aspect to themselves as well. And I think for us, as humans, we can relate to this. And it makes the divine more relatable, rather than being this far-off entity in the sky, which we have no aspect of connection to, or you know, is something far superior than us, or far greater than us. I think what happens when we relate to the goddesses and the gods is we find that divine aspect within us. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to journey with you through five different goddesses. And it's not about honouring these goddesses, but more so about understanding these goddesses and how you can tune into their energy and awaken that within yourself as well. Now, as I said at the top of this podcast, what I like to do is I always like to anchor anything we talk about back into a gift of nature. So what I wanted to do is today I'm going to talk about five of my favorite floral essential oils. I think floral essential oils on the larger part have a very yin or a feminine energy. They really access our feminine aspect. And regardless of whether you identify as a male or a female, we all have a feminine side. That is our creative side, our nurturing side, and so on. And the flower oils really help us to do that. When we To understand an essential oil, we need to go back and understand the plant and the part of the plant that gives us that essential oil. So if you think about a flower, obviously it's one of the most beautiful parts of a plant, but what is the action of a flower throughout its lifetime? It will actually open up and show its true self. And so each of the floral oils, in one way or another, will actually allow you to open up and show a bit more of who you truly are. So today we're going to explore five different floral essential oils that will allow you to open up and show your inner goddess, regardless of whether you're a male or a female, and to show who you truly are. And that's what I've found in the profound energy of essential oils, is their ability to do that. Now just a couple of, I guess, logistical notes on floral essential oils. You may have heard when people talk about perfumes and fragrances, there are top notes, there are middle notes, and there are base notes. What they are referring to here is the size of the molecules, with top notes being small molecules, medium obviously being middle, 
and bass notes being larger molecules. Generally speaking, top notes will be things such as flowers and citruses, whereas bass notes will be those heavy things like the woods and the resins. Top notes and the smaller molecules, when put onto your skin, evaporate quicker, whereas bass notes take a bit longer to dissolve and then evaporate. And that's why when you probably put fragrances on you in the past, it smells a similar, a certain way, half, you know, when you first put it on, different a few hours later, and different at the end of the day. It's because different notes within that fragrance are actually available there to be smelt. When using floral essential oils, in fact, when using any essential oil on the skin, I definitely recommend diluting it for two reasons. First of all, it can stop um, sensitivities and irritation of the skin. But what a carrier oil also does is exactly what the name says. It carries it into the body. So when we're working with floral essential oils, and I have found, and you know, with probably predominantly a, a female audience that I work with, you know, floral oils have been absolutely amazing for helping with um, balancing out hormones and regulating hormones, and women find that it really helps with mood and all that kind of aspect of things. But also from a you know an energy level as well, when we're working with a floral essential oil, we want to bring that into not just our energy field, but into our body. If you put a floral oil straight on your skin, being a top note, it's going to evaporate very, very quickly. So mixing it with a carrier oil will allow it to be carried into your skin for your physical benefit, your emotional and mental benefit, but also for your spiritual benefit as well. Now, there is a full range of carrier oils, but one that I really love to use is coconut oil. I love doTERRA's fractionated coconut oil. Fractionated means the taint can out the medium fatty acids, and so it stays liquid all the time. It also has no scent. It is, is um, developed and produced in the same ethical and tested manner that they produce their essential oils, which I've talked about in past podcasts. But the exciting thing about the coconut oil is when we look at the metaphysics of coconuts. Coconuts actually represent an energy of purification, so although other oils such as pomegranate is very much about the cycle of life and got a bit of passion and death and rebirth all to it and, and you know all the different plant oils that we can make carry oils out of have an energy, the fact that coconut is about cleansing and purification basically means you get this zero point carrier oil that just cleanses anything that was there before and then whichever oil it's carrying into your skin, it is carrying that pure energy in. It's not adding to or interfering in that way. And there are definitely cases where maybe an almond oil or a jojoba oil or an avocado oil would be better. But as a general rule, I really love coconut oil. I love the fractionated coconut oil because it has no smell and it soaks in really quickly. And I love coconut oil from a metaphysical point of view because it's a cleanser as well. So Let's dive in and let's explore these five different goddesses you may find, and I guess the, not the challenge, the task or the activity or what I'd like you to get out of this, um, this episode, is to maybe identify with one or two or some of these different goddesses and go, ah, I can, I can bring that aspect out in myself. I may not relate to this, you know, this drop-dead gorgeous divine princessy kind of goddess, I really resonate more with one that's a bit more gritty and got a bit more you know depth to her and a bit more darkness to her and that type of thing and know that you are still divine there is not just one form of divine divinity is in the diversity and we see that in nature we see that in the pantheons of goddesses around the world and gods and we see that in everything i think diversity is the way to go so let's start off the first goddess we are going to start off with talking about pretty princesses is we are going to start off with aphrodite now, Aphrodite is the goddess of love. She is, you know, we all have that aspect of Aphrodite within us. I think sometimes we neglect that aspect of us. Aphrodite awakens in each of us. The um, Obviously, she is the goddess of love, of that, I guess, very sumptuous love, of joyous love, of beauty, of attraction, of initial love, and that type of thing. But she's also the goddess of beauty. And I want you to look at your relationship with beauty and whether you allow your beauty to shine. Now, we obviously all have our own physical characteristics, but how we present them to the world really does vary. I found it really quite interesting. One of the past businesses I used to have was a company called Metro Modeling Academy. Now, what we did is we were kind of 
a grooming and deportment school for teenagers. Um, kind of think those old, old schools where, you know, grumpy old ladies with a cane made girls um, walk with a book on their head. Otherwise, that grumpy old lady didn't have a cane. We still did the book activity occasionally. But basically, you know, parents would send their children to learn, um, you know, how to do their makeup and skincare and different ways of dressing and that type of thing. And the girls would come because they just wanted to be a model. Now, 99% of the students or people that came to these academies would not make a dollar in the professional modeling industry. What we were, we were a self-esteem school. Something happens when a girl or a boy, we, we had both boys and girls in our classes, had to get up and walk up and down a runway and do little routines and do different things in front of a group of people. It helped their self-esteem. Now, why I'm talking about this is when it comes to Aphrodite is what I noticed. We would teach things about makeup and we said that, you know, girls, there is places in the world when you'll need to wear makeup that a job interview may expect you to. I used to go out into rural areas and teach the, the country kids how to do makeup because I said, if you're going to come to the city, you're competing against girls who have been doing makeup for years on end and, and, and it's a skill you need. Now, we all have different opinions on how much makeup everyone needs to wear, if any, and that type of thing. And I used to teach about how makeup is used to not cover up our features, but to accentuate our features in that way. And that's not where I'm getting at. But what I'm looking at is your relationship with beauty. And Aphrodite was proud of who she was. She showed no shame. And I want to know whether you hide your beauty, whether that is your physical beauty, or whether that is your magical and your personality beauty as well. Are you a shrinking violet or are you proud? You see, Aphrodite never had to chase her lovers. They came to her. She emanated who she truly was. And so on a superficial level, yeah, she is kind of like that blonde bimbo popular girl at school who, you know, she's meant to be the popular girl, but no one really likes her kind of thing. That's a superficial level of Aphrodite. But on a deeper level, Aphrodite teaches each of us how to evoke that beauty within us and allow that to shine in the world. Really, really stunning goddess to work with in that way. So you're, maybe you really relate to Aphrodite and you feel confident shining in the world, or maybe you need to work with her a bit and awaken your inner Aphrodite. So the flower that I resonate and work with when it comes to Aphrodite is rose oil. Now, rose essential oil has a really interesting story with the Greeks as well. So what you'll find, many there are many stories around the world of different pantheons and how plants came into being. But rose seems to be slightly different. Of course, rose is renowned as being the queen of the flowers, and it is said that the rose originated when Chloris, the goddess of flowers, found the body of a beautiful, lifeless nymph on the ground and wanted to preserve that. And so she decided to turn this nymph into a flower, the rose. But then, wanting to make this the most perfect and the queen of all the flowers, she called upon Aphrodite and asked Aphrodite to bless this flower with its appeal and attraction and beauty. But then she called upon Dionysus. I don't know if you've heard of Dionysus. He was a cool god. He was the god of wine. And he was called upon to give this flower its alluring nectar. She then called upon Zephyrus, who was the god of the west wind, and the west direction is the direction of love, to blow away all the clouds so that Apollo could shine down his radiant sun-like energy and help the rose to blossom for the first time. And so a whole group of gods came together to make this most amazing essential oil. Now, although rose, of course, is a beautiful smelling essential oil, don't deny how amazing it is for the physical body. It's, I have found when I'm feeling lousy and run down, rose can be really great. And I've heard some amazing stories about rose on bacterial infections in the skin as well. In fact, rose or any floral essential oil is great on the face, especially for the top layers as well. So rose really helps to awaken this sense of romance, of beauty, and of acceptance. And rose, the gift of rose, is very much about unconditional love. Now, when it comes to unconditional love, people always go, oh, yeah, yeah, I love my partner. I love my kids unconditionally. And I always like to kind of propose something to them. I always say, so if you got home tonight and your partner had burnt down your house, destroyed all your 
beloved possessions and were sleeping with your best friend, would you still love them? And they're like, no. We're like, ha. Huh. Then it's not unconditional love. There are conditions on that. Now, that's an extreme example. I understand that. But I want you to consider for a moment the interactions that you have had with, you know, the people that you're closest to in your life and, and how they've disappointed you in one way or another. Maybe that they forgot to pick up something on the shop from the shops on the way home, or maybe that they behaved in a way that just didn't resonate perfectly with you. And what happens is we, we show that disapproval in that type of way. And what happens is where, you know, we even from as children, you know, we learn that if I do this, mum and dad like it. And if we don't, mum and dad don't like it. And we start to change our behavior. So we are all in the habit of loving and loving with condition and showing how we want people to behave around us in that type of way. And everyone else, including ourselves, is molding our behavior to please other people. Now, I'm not saying that you just let people walk all over you and take advantage of you and do whatever they want. But I'm also what encouraging you and what Rose encourages you is what if we could let go of some of our expectations on how people could be and love them for who they actually are and who they want to be. Now, if your partner wanted to sleep with someone else, have a relationship with someone else, let them. And it's up to them to live their free will, which is a one-on-one spiritual law of, you know, everyone, we should never interfere with someone else's role. But then we have to work out how we're going to, you know, whether that resonates with us and whether we want to stay in relationship or not type of thing. And not that I'm, you know, trying to facilitate or, you know, encourage everyone to get into open relationships or that type of thing. But imagine if we could love someone for who they wanted to be rather than who we wanted them to be. How many people get into relationships because the person they've found is perfect. And then as time goes on, they try and change who they are in little ways. And then 20 years later, they're complaining that they're not the person they used to be. Of course not. <laughs> you just spent 20 years changing them in way, one way or another. So what Rose is showing us is Rose gives us the ability to let go of some of those expectations and to love people who feel they want to be. It's great for acceptance. It's great when your children are not, you know, you wanted them to be a doctor and they've decided to be an artist. You know, when you don't agree with the partner that they've chosen in that type of way, let them go on their journey. And if we can let them go on their journey, guess what that allows you to do? That allows you to be who you truly want to be and to make decisions based on your own heart and your own calling on what feels right to you. So Rose really allows us to allow our beauty to shine and other people's. And that's what it is. It's not about giving everyone free range to be, you know, nasty assholes and take advantage of everyone and all that type of thing. It's about allowing people's beauty to shine and not dampening their beauty with our expectations of what they should be. And we've also seen movies or plays of, ex, you know, parents getting upset with their parent, their children not growing to who they want to be. Rose is, I'm going to allow my beauty to shine and I'm going to allow everyone else's beauty to shine. I'm going to love you for who you truly are, not for who I want you to be or your potential. So a really potent essential oil to work with and can really bring up some interesting issues. And a lovely one, you know, I am in the habit because I find rose so amazing for immune support. Whenever I go to my oil box to get any oil, to get, you know, like a citrus or something to pop in my water or like lemongrass or lemon myrtle to clean my benches or lavender or something to put in my diffuser i'm in the habit of grabbing my rose and doTERRA does this in a roller in that coconut oil and i just roll it on the back of my neck which i call the freeway of the body it helps to get things all around the body and it's a really beautiful thing to do but also so beautiful to put on the heart as well so if you resonate and you feel that it's time for your inner if you need to awaken your inner beauty a little bit more to allow your beauty to shine then start working with aphrodite maybe read up a little bit about her she was known by the romans as venus and work with rose and surround yourself in the aroma of rose as much as you can you may also benefit with working with aphrodite to do a little bit in your grooming maybe you need to treat yourself to some new clothes Go get your hair done, you know, put on a bit of makeup or whatever you can do to allow your physical beauty um, as what, to shine. Because what I found, to loop back to what I was saying before, when kids start to groom themselves better, 
and actually care about their appearance, it actually helps our self-esteem. And I find they're actually linked. People go, oh, no, 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 I'm comfortable. I'd, I feel more comfortable in my tracksuit pants. I often find that that is a mask for people saying, I don't feel um, comfortable showing my beauty in, what, in all those different forms. So there's a little bit about Rose and Aphrodite. So let's go on now to another gorgeous goddess, Diana. Now, Diana was um, also known as Artemis. Um, she was, whereas Aphrodite obviously had many lovers, uh, Diana decided, I don't want any. I don't ever want to have a husband or a boyfriend or a partner. I want to go out into the, and I want to live out in the forests with a bunch of, you know, nymph, female nymphs around her. And that was her posse of women. I kind of think of like Taylor Swift and her <laughs> posses of women and that type of thing. She was this independent woman who went out and she was the goddess of um, nature. She was a goddess of the moon. And she was also the goddess of the hunt. Now we kind of go, well, why would such this beautiful goddess about the moon, nature and loving all nature and living in the woods, why would she be associated with the hunt? And one of, one of the aspects of this is because in the past, the hunt was done with respect, realizing that there is a circle of life and that humans, in order to sustain themselves and be the true guardians of this planet, need certain foods and occasionally an animal would offer them that, that sustenance. If we hadn't have eaten meat at some stage in our evolution, we wouldn't have developed our brains to what we have today to have the consciousness to be able to make the contribution back to the planet. Hopefully that's a good contribution in that way. So Diana in, in us wake, awakens this more magical sense, this kind of free thinking, this free to do what you want kind of aspect and very much a connection to the moon. You know, I feel the presence of Diana when I am sitting out under the full moon, for example. So if you are feeling that you need to engage that aspect of yourself that is a bit more um, deciding to live life by the beat of your own drum, by rather than following society's constraints, that yes, I should be kind of, you know, taking a lover, getting married, having a husband, all those types of things, or, you know, having a wife, Diana again, can work with anyone and you want to live to the beat of your own drum, that is Diana. That is exactly Diana. And in doing that, she went out and she explored the magic of the world. And so the essential oil that resonates so beautifully, I find with Diana, is jasmine. So jasmine essential oil, when we think about jasmine flowers, they blossom at night. And the shape of the flower is actually a star shape, a five-pointed star. So just like Diana, out under the woods, with the star, a sea of stars above her, saw the jasmine flowers, this field of stars mirroring the stars above, mirroring that heaven down on earth. So jasmine allows us to awaken the magic within us. She has a very, when it comes to uh, jasmine, it's very galactic as well. And I know people focus on that sensuality and that kind of provocative aspect of nature, of jasmine, but it's also very galactic. And if you're interested in working with angels or star beings or anything up in the heavens and i'd really encourage you to work with the euphoric energy of jasmine that can lift you up into the heavens in that way working with jasmine brings in this kind of creative energy as well to create whatever you want you see the full moon is only beautiful and powerful because the sun shines upon it the moon is actually the color of our roads it's a dark gray color it's like bitumen or asphalt, but it's the sun shining on it that makes it luminate. So it's this merging of the masculine and the feminine. Jasmine actually has this within it. It's sometimes known as the king of the flowers, but still has a feminine energy. And so it is that merging of the masculine and feminine as well. So if you are wanting to create a bit more freedom, to awaken to the magic, to follow the beat of your own drum in that type of way, then start working with jasmine essential oil. Jasmine essential oil is amazing to be anointed on the forehead, even like a crescent moon. It is great to diffuse um, around the time of the full moon. It is great whenever you just want to kind of dance with the magic of the universe in that type of way. And Diana really teaches you to do that as well. So I guess I want to also give you some affirmations that you can work with with each of these combinations of the goddesses and the oils. And maybe as you anoint yourself each day, um, you can say this affirmation over and over again. And although I'm going to share them with you now, also know that there's a worksheet and there's a link down the bottom of this um, 
podcast in the notes, and you can download this, and this has got some notes about the oils, about the goddesses, and about the affirmations as well. So the one for Aphrodite, to jump back a bit, was I give love, receive love, see love, feel love, and embody love. I really like that. Um, Jasmine is I feel free to explore this enchanting world. So let's move on to our third goddess. And this goddess is Freya. Now Freya was one of the top goddesses in Norse mythology. And she was kind of, she was a goddess of love, of beauty, but also of war. Now this was a goddess that although, you know, we think of Aphrodite as maybe laying back and allowing love to come to her, Freya was not that at all. She was quite a golden, radiant goddess, and she would go and pursue what she wanted. So she really encourages you to get out and, you know, shine and know that you are good enough to get what you want and to, as you shine, you'll start to attract what you want, but you can also pursue that and there's no harm in pursuing things as well. It is that balance of pursuing but also allowing. And whereas Aphrodite is really good for allowing a bit more to come to us, Freya really helps us to pursue more of what we want in our lives as well. You see, Freya rode across the sky as the sun each day in her golden chariot um, pulled by two golden cats and she was adorned in large amounts of gold. So it was very much about having the guts, like that, you know, you've got goddess of war, but goddess of love and beauty, having the guts to get out there and do your thing and show the world that you are out there doing your thing, talking your talk, walking your walk, squawking your squawk kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So she was very much this radiance in in that type of way. So the essential oil that I love when honing into this um, energy of Freya, and I should kind of explain too that her name is spelled, if you're like, doing a bit of research on her, F-R-E-Y-J-A. So Freya, um, the oil that I love to link with her is Neroli essential oil. Now Neroli essential oil is gifted to us from a very generous essential oil tree. Um, I I was actually listening to a really great presentation from doTERRA Philippines this week. And um, the presenter shared with us that there are about 17,500 plants across the planet that have some kind of fragrance or give some type of fragrance. Of them, uh, about 2,000 actually have essential oils within them. And totally, if you want to know how many essential oils are there in the world, about 3,000. So there are several plants that will give you two or more essential oils from different parts of the plant as well. Of that 3,000 total that could be accessed around the world, only about 300 are commercially kind of sourced and used on a regular basis. From our real common ones, like our lavenders and our frankincense and so on, to some more of the rare and obsolete ones that you may not have had much experience of as well. But that kind of excited me to think, ooh, I know I've got quite a good collection of essential oils, but there's up to 3,000. I don't think my collection's that big just yet. Anyway, I digress. So uh, Neroli is gifted to us from the bitter orange tree. The bitter orange tree gives us three different essential oils. Pettigrain from its leaves and twigs, bitter orange oil from the peel or rind of the fruit, and then Neroli from its blossoms. So Neroli, another name for Neroli, is sometimes orange blossom as well. So in Neroli, you get this very seductive kind of energy. You also get this very kind of fruitful um, energy and aroma as well. Neroli has this long, long history of enticement. And that's a real key word when it comes to um, Neroli, I find, enticement. And what I mean by that is some of the stories around Neroli, you know, nymphs used to use Neroli to seduce young men and women out of their bedchambers at night into the forest for a night of pleasure and ecstasy. Uh, Brides on their first night with their husband would scatter their beds with Neroli blossoms to allow them to relax and to allow there to be greater intimacy between the couple and their first night together. In the same vein, ladies of the night would use the scent of Neroli to seduce would-be clients and even Cleopatra combined jasmine with neroli, which both do grow in Egypt. Um, she anointed her sails with these two oils um, when she sailed up the Nile to go and seduce Mark Antony. So neroli is an aphrodisiac oil. It can be used for that kind of way. It can be, you know, if you want what you want, or if you know what you want, 
you can, you know, win and just seduce in some way. And I'm not talking about, you know, going and seducing a man so he gives you everything you want type of thing. But we have to, you know, we have to get people on board. And Neuroli can be used to help people see your point of view or to be open to your point of view as well. You see, Neuroli, I find, works really well with the sacral chakra. Now, the sacral chakra governs our intimate relationships. Now, not just our romantically intimate relationships, but also any relationship where we open up and show who we truly are. Freya, who rode across the sky in a golden chariot with two golden cats pulling it, was not scared to show the world who she is. And Neroli is really good for you to open up and show the world who you are and just in a really kind of intimate way. Um, And that doesn't mean that you kind of become broadcasting all your you know all your ugly bits and all your sorrows and all that type of thing that's not what neuroli is about but it is about being honest and open and not allowing blocks to stop you between you know getting to know people in a different way i work a lot with neuroli i find i'm really comfortable i would be more comfortable to be honest standing on a stage talking to eight thousand people than i would being in a room with a couple of people that i don't know well i'd be like i don't know what to say i don't know you know that's just my kind of who I am, but I work with Neroli to go, okay, let's just realize that these people, people just don't have to impress them, just talk and interact and be polite and be interested and all that type of thing. So Neroli is really great in that type of way as well. Neroli also not only allows you to kind of get out there and show who you are, um, it also has been shown, um, there's some great research I remember reading, I just wish I could remember where I read it, but it was basically there's two groups, a control group and a group that got to smelt Neroli. And they were both given the same test, which required a bit of lateral thinking and thinking outside the square. And Neroli, those that were smelling Neroli, significantly performed a lot better. So what Neroli helps us with is Neroli helps you to not only become more intimate and you know get to know people a little bit better, but also to think outside the square. Because if you do what you've always done, you, you are going to get what you've always got. And Neroli is going to encourage you to, hey, let's step up. It's great around the full moon, being a white flower as well. When we want to make changes in our lives around the full moon, Neroli comes and goes, yeah, the universe will match you, but it will match you. You've got to make that change as well. We're not just going to deliver things if you keep on holding the same vibration and doing the same thing. So I guess to summarize with Freya and Neroli, what I'm really getting at is, if you need to get out in the world and if you need to shine in one way or another, then Freya will help you and Neroli will help you to get outside of your comfort zone and to do what you need to do. The affirmation that I've created for Neroli and for Freya is my divinity touches others and draws people closer to me. My divinity touches others and draws people close to me. And so as you anoint yourself with Neroli, maybe on the sacral chakra, on the pulse points, over the heart, wherever you like it, then you can you can kind of recite that a few times and feel the energy of Freya awaken within you and Neroli to become an anchor for where each time you smell that, you feel that energy of Freya as well. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to come and dive back and explore a couple of other goddesses and some beautiful floral essential oils that resonate with them. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. Today we're exploring five different archetypes or five different goddesses, the energies that you can kind of tap into and call upon, and then five different floral essential oils, precious floral essential oils, that you can actually use to anchor into these energies and to summon these energies within you. So before the break, we explored Aphrodite and awakening the beauty within and, you know, embodying beauty and seeing beauty and loving beauty um, and using that with the essential oil of rose. We looked at awakening the, um, your ability to explore this enchanting world with Diana, the goddess of the moon, of the forest and of the hunt and a goddess who decided never to take a lover or a husband and how jasmine essential oil really captures that energy as well. And then we looked at Freya. She's a goddess of radiance. She is very much all about, um, you know, allowing her divinity to shine. And when she wants something, she goes out there and she entices it into her life and she pursues it as well. And Neroli essential oil really allows you to do that. The fourth goddess that we're going to dive into now is one by the name of Hecate. 
Now, Hecate is an older goddess. She is also associated with the moon, but not so much just the, the, the glorious full moon, but actually the phases of the moon. Sometimes she'll be um, represented as a three-faced goddess, and one aspect of her is a young maiden, one is the mother, and one is the elderly or wise crone. Or sometimes Hecate is just known as the, the wise crone goddess. So she was a goddess who has lived for many eons, seen many things, and from that has gathered a lot of wisdom. And it is said that Hecate is a goddess of divination and of knowledge and knowing the answers. And so we all have this ability to take our experiences and learn from them. And we often know the answers and we doubt those answers. And Hecate really allows you to find the answers within. How often have you gone and seen a reader, a clairvoyant or a psychic or something like that, and you kind of walk out going, they didn't tell me anything that I didn't already know. Do you know why? Because the answers are already within you. And possibly the reason you went and got a reading was you just needed someone to confirm that you're not going crazy and that, yes, your suspicions are correct. And that can often be a really good reading rather than you getting told things that you had no awareness of. If you're getting the big surprises, then there's probably not much self-awareness in your own life. So anyway, Hecate helps us to tune into our ability to find the answers because the answers are there. Sometimes we just have to be quiet we have to listen, we have to go within, we have to look at what's happened and listen to our conscience. Our conscience is often the voice of creator deep within us. And so you don't have to find the answers outside of yourself. Do you notice when we are younger, or if you have younger people in your life, children or so on, when something happens, it appears like the end of the world. He's broken up with me. Oh no, my life is over. And as we get older, we obviously go, well, Life has ups and downs. We start to understand the wisdom of cycles, how the universe always works in circles, and we have summers and we have winters. We have them physically in our weather patterns, but we also have them metaphorically, I guess, when we have good fruitful times and we have times when we need to kind of withdraw and become a little bit quiet as well. And Hecate allows us to realize that and to go forward in life being a bit more composed and a bit more wise and knowing with that wisdom as well. The essential oil that you can use to anchor into her is magnolia. Now, magnolia essential oil is a very, well, the magnolia trees are very old species of trees. They've been around for a long, long time here on this planet. In fact, they used to rely on beetles to pollinate them because they were around before bees. So whereas the oils we've already explored, rose, jasmine, neroli, all have that very queen-like energy, Magnolia, I find, is very different. It's more like the queen mother. It is that real crone energy. And some people I've found take the offense to the word crone, but crone is actually seen as as that wild elderly woman. It's not as the old, like, haggard, useless woman or anything like that. It's a total different power. There is power in a young girl, in the mother, and in the crone. And so Magnolia brings in that crone energy of that more reassurance, that more knowledge. So when we look at magnolia essential oil, which is a rarer essential oil, but it's high in something called linalol. Linalol is what makes lavender so relaxing. And lavender has about 35% linalol, as does other oils like pedigrain and uh, bergamot. But magnolia has 70% linalol. So really, really calming. So the gift that, uh, that magnolia brings into your life is reassurance. You know, I want you to think, I want you to look at the calendar right now and work out what were you worrying about three years ago on this day. You probably can't remember. But think about all the stresses that we go through and all the troubles that we go through and all the anxieties when we can't find that couple of hundred dollars to pay our phone bill or someone at work's upset because we stuffed something up and how we get really caught up in the drama of that, almost like the teenager who's just broken up with their first boyfriend and we think it's the end of the world. And magnolia is an oil and that wisdom of Hecate comes in and goes, love, I've been through 15 world wars, 19 famines, 18 husbands and 26 pandemics. And what you're worrying about today, it doesn't matter. And she reassures you, both physically 
and emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Magnolia brings in that presence of reassurance, of that kind of longevity and knowing in the big scheme of things, you probably don't need to get that caught up in it. And so it really helps to bring this composure, but also this confidence in this knowingness that all will be fine. All will be beautiful. Magnolia is a beautiful oil for actually helping you to calm down and connect with your guides, with your ancestors, and those that are offering you wisdom from other realms as well. So when we work with Magnolia, it brings in this slowness. It brings in this quietness. It brings in this calmness. I actually love Magnolia. Magnolia is beautiful around the eyes. I find it really soothing for the, for the eyes and beautiful up and down the spine at, um, when you go to bed and on the soles of the feet. Really, really beautiful for calming you down. But I also like it when I'm beating myself up. It's an oil, kind of brings in this energy of forgiveness. And I'm, I guess I want to talk to you if you've got a bit of a harsh inner critic. Now, having a critic is positive because a critic keeps you in check and makes sure that you're always evaluating and improving, which is a good thing. But when the critic starts to drag you down and rather than you improving, makes you worse, then the critic is not serving you. And in these cases, do you know what I'll do? Do you know what a 41-year-old male will do in the bathroom before getting into bed? I will get my magnolia in its little roller with its fractionated coconut oil, and I will draw love hearts over my chest, and I'll look in the mirror and say, you are enough. And I'd really encourage you to do that. Because when we get caught up in the drama of things, we start running these stupid stories that we're not enough, and Magnolia, like that grandmother, like Hecate, will go, we know better, it's all part of the plan, you did what you could today, that's good enough, you are enough. And so I'd really encourage you, if you feel that you need to bring in a bit more of that composure aspect and that wise and hone into your own wisdom, then Magnolia and Hecate are going to really help you with that. Okay, I've left one of my absolute favorites to last today. We're going to be looking at the Egyptian goddess of Isis, I-S-I-S. And it is unfortunate that we have a terrorist group that is named after the goddess as well. Well, they're not named after, but they hold the same name. But Isis is an ancient goddess of Egyptian times. You've probably seen, if you're not familiar with Isis, you may have seen pictures. She's a winged goddess. And I have a really close affinity to her because she's actually the only goddess that has appeared to me in a dream which is, was really quite profound, and I have her wings tattooed on my lower back. So I have a real connection with her in many, many different ways. Now, Isis had several different roles in Egypt. First of all, she was the goddess who was said to flood the Nile each year. And of course, the flooding of the Nile brought great fertile soil over the lands of Egypt and allowed them to have that beautiful farming and agriculture and so on. If the Nile didn't flood, then it was going to be a bad season fertility-wise. She was also known as just a goddess of magic. And so she was very much about being in control and rearranging the universe. And this is a saying that I've, you know, I kind of adopted many, many years ago that, you know, there'll be times when you want to do something, you want to achieve a goal, and you're not sure how. Whether it might be, you know, winning a prize or finding a house or something like that, or, you know, how on earth are you going to be able to make it, make something happen? It seems impossible. Isis is the manifester, the ability to manifest. And I'm not just talking totally woo-woo-woo. What I am talking about is that ability to take control of your life and go, I'm just going to rearrange the universe to make that work. I don't know how, but I will. And when we engage with Isis, we believe that we have that ability to rearrange the universe. And what I've found, there have been many times when I've wanted to maybe, you know, find a new home to live in, wanted to make something work, find someone to replace a shift at work, all of these different types of things. And I don't know how, but I just adopt that energy that I'm going to make it happen. And that's what Isis really encourages you to do. She encourages you to know that you are, you have the ability to bring fertility, to bring abundance, and to make things happen in the way you need to make them happen. And that just starts off with a bit of faith and then a bit of action behind that faith, knowing that it's going to happen and then actually stepping out and doing it as well. So the essential oil that works really beautifully and that I'm going to tie in with Isis is Blue Lotus. Now, Blue Lotus essential oil is a very rare essential oil. Um... And there are a lot of blue lotus oils on the market 
and a lot of them you can actually smell the hexane and the other chemicals in them as well to get a pure you know blue lotus essential oil is a true gift and so doTERRA has one as a limited time offer from time to time if you can get hold of that it's magical it really is magical in that kind of way now of course the blue lotus is steeped in tradition throughout egypt and other areas of the world this is this beautiful uh, plant that grows out of the mud rises above the water and shines you know and, and reaches out towards the sun and so I really love Blue Lotus for helping you to connect with that magical ability. Its aroma is subtle, yet so enticingly magical as well. You know, there are people that are of the opinion that Blue Lotus is even more divine than Rose. I'm kind of, I, I think I lean slightly towards Rose more in my personal opinion, but it's up there in that type of way. It has a strong heavenly galactic star being type of energy it can be really great for that it's got a long association with many different goddesses around the world so it really brings in that divine nature so this is blue lotus is not your mundane kind of oil this is your it's time to make magic happen type of oil blue lotus is amazing for the skin i find it's really good when you're going through a hard time and a painful time it really resurrects your ability to take ownership back of that situation and feel empowered and that you have control of that situation maybe not the outcome but at least your reaction of it one of the cool things about blue lotus is it really helps with um with emotional mastery so when you think about it all flower oils have a connection to the emotions as we talked about at the top of this episode but Blue lotus more than ever because it grows above the water. It doesn't grow in the water, not amongst the emotions, but above the emotions. It rises out of the murkiness and the mud to go towards the light. And so it really helps when you're getting overwhelmed by your emotions and you can't see straight because you're drowning in your emotions. It really allows you to rise above that. There's also a really cool thing that I learned about lotus many years ago. And the fact that if we had a lotus flower and I was to pour five liters of vinegar all over it, what do you reckon it would smell like? Or I could get Chanel number no. five or a really fine perfume and pour five liters of that all over the lotus flower. What would it smell like? The answer, both times it would just smell like that lotus flower. It's aquaphobic, so it repels liquids. It needs to do that to be able to sit on top of the, you know, the river or the pond or wherever it is type of thing. So metaphorically, blue lotus essential oil is a really beautiful one for allowing you to when people throw vinegar at you in the way of criticism and insults, you don't allow that to drag you down. Or so you can't do that. That can't be done. Don't take that on. But also, when people shower you in perfume, Chanel number no. 5, or compliments, embellishments, and flattery, you don't take too much of that to heart either. And sometimes people go, well, well hold on. I need to listen to the good stuff. I need to believe in that because that's how I learned to believe in myself. But what happens if people listen too much to that? We see celebrities and sports stars and people going off the rails because their ego gets too big and they get this warped perception of who they truly are. And Blue Lotus says, let's not take on, you know, consider what people say. Allow that critic to go, is there truth in that? Do I need to evaluate that? But don't allow that to drag you down and take away your divinity and your light again because the Lotus flower responds to the sunlight. It responds to the light. So allow... It to shed away the, the, the negative influences of people's insults or criticism or doubts or pessimism, as well as their embellishments and their flattery, and allow you, because it's such a divine oil, it allows you to connect to your guides and your spirits in that type of way. So like all the floral oils, Blue Lotus is absolutely amazing on the skin, on the face. It really nourishes in that type of way. It is also really great for helping with energetic protection. So anointing it over the body is really good for helping to divert any destructive influence of other people's opinions and get rid of that. Um, and allowing you to be really kind of focused on um, what, what is powerful for you. So if you feel that there are negative energies around you, what I find is if there is negative energies around you, they are low vibration energies, and Blue Lotus helps you rise above that. So that has no impact anymore. What's that saying? That eagles don't care what chickens say or something like that? Do you know what I mean? It's very much that it allows you to do that as well. Now, Blue Lotus has... Um, some very kind of you know connections to particular goddesses as well as Isis um, and Nephitim, which is actually a, a male god, um, was a god of bringing luck 
and good fortune as well. So you can breathe in, and if you want to bring in a bit more of a masculine energy, then Nefertum can allow you to draw that in as well. But there are so many different um, goddesses that have a bit of a connection to that. But Isis is the one that I really love to work with and you know, thought we'd, we'd focus in on her today. So the affirmation for her is, I am a powerful creator of my life. So I guess with Isis and with Blue Lotus, it allows you to not worry about what the rest of the world is doing and create your life in that way. So those are our five goddesses and those are our five essential oils. And I hope as I've kind of talked about one or two of these today, they've really resonated with you. The truth of the matter is you and I both have all of these goddesses, these archetypes, these energies within us, whether it be the beauty of Aphrodite the independence of Diana, the brilliance and radiance of Freya, the wisdom of Hecate, or the manifesting abilities of Isis. And we have those five beautiful essential oils to really anchor into them. So what I would recommend is that you jump in, you you know study a bit more about one of these goddesses, and you get that essential oil, and you just summon that energy within yourself. And you allow that energy to draw on and there may be times you may feel at work you need to be a bit more freyer but you may feel in your relationships you need to be a bit more hecate so you can call on in different ones and at different stages in your life all of these goddesses are going to be relevant as well of course these oils that i've matched with them are not the set in stone ones there are so many other oils floral and otherwise that you could work with as well Around the world, there is a full range of beautiful, really precious floral essential oils. You know, there are ones like Ylang-Ylang, there is Gardenia, there is Tuberose, there is Chrysanthemum. So many, Baronia is a really powerful one as well here in Australia. These could all be linked to different goddesses and could help to bring out this divine energies um, within you as well. But I think these five are really quite special at the moment. Um, And if you're interested in how to find these oils, please reach out to me, my contact uh, details are in the show notes and we can organize how to get that for a, a really good price. Um, as I said, that Blue Lotus is only available for limited times and, and, and can be available at this point in time if you're chasing it as well. Next week, we're going to dive into a bit of retrograde work. There's a little kind of planet by the name of Saturn doing a bit of a dance and a shuffle next Sunday. So we'll have a bit of a look at that and what crystals and oils you can uh, call in for that. And then we'll be working with some full moon energy after that as well as we round out the end of May. Thank you very much for joining me. May the goddesses within you awaken and surround you. And may the beautiful gifts of Mother Earth her precious flowers, some of her most beautiful offerings and their essential oils help to lift you up so that you may become the goddess you were destined to be. Thank you so much for joining me on the blessed journey today. I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so that you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarillet.com. Find me under Adam Barillet at YouTube and Instagram, as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barillet on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.